Hi, everybody. Welcome back <clears throat> to another Tennessee Holler Facebook live stream. I'm Justin Canoe, one of the founders of the Holler. Uh, before we get started here, I just want to tell you guys that we are currently on Spotify and now on iTunes. We're going to put the audio version of this podcast up there. So subscribe to us there. Follow us at the TN Holler on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And we send out emails around once a day with updates on all the shenanigans going on. So subscribe to us at tnholler.com. And then we're an independent site, so chip in monthly if you can. Uh, tnholler.com is where the site is, and it all helps a lot. So I'm going to bring in our guest now today. Hang on one second here. Today we have Representative John Ray Clemens here with us, who is also running for mayor. John Ray, how are you? Doing well this morning. How are you? I'm good. And then to tell us what God thinks about everything that's going on, Pastor Kevin Riggs is here from Franklin and Williamson County. And uh, Pastor Riggs, it's good to see you, my friend. Good to see you, Justin. Thanks for having me. So, guys, I mean, last week we kind of did the rundown of everything that has gone on so far. But I just want to kind of go over a couple of the updates in this Cassidy Gate stuff. Uh, John Ray, first of all, let me ask you to introduce yourself and you have obviously been vocal about a lot of this, so you have no hesitation about calling for this man's resignation, I would imagine. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. And, you know, first of all, I'm state representative from District 55, which is part of Nashville, and it's mostly West Nashville and parts of uh, South Nashville, Vanderbilt, Belmont areas. So. And so, yeah, I, you know, I've been serving in the state legislature for five years. I've witnessed uh, Lane Cassidy up close and personal. Um, and seeing the way that he operates, seeing the way that he has uh, tried to lead. And, uh, you know, it's very concerning. And I called, I, I said that he should step down. I guess it's been over a week ago now. I, I think I was one of the first ones that said that he should resign. Hey, guys. <laughs> so, sorry, John Ray. Holly just jumped in as you were talking. Holly, John Ray is telling us that he thinks Cassidy should resign. So he's in the middle of, of that. Yeah, so I, we called for his resignation over a week ago. I, you know, I don't know that the law exactly allows us to remove a speaker, uh, as a, you know, according to the attorney general's opinion from years ago. Uh, but yeah, I would hope that he would resign from, as a member of the legislature so that we do not have to take action to remove him. And then hopefully he would then step down from the speaker's office. There are a lot of people with whom I serve across the aisle who are good people. I may disagree with them on issues, uh, but they're good people. They mean well. And they, I can think of dozens of them who would make much better speakers in the House of Representatives than the, than the gentleman who's, who's currently in that role. John Ray, did you watch that press conference yesterday? I did not. I'm busy campaigning across Nashville to be the next mayor. And so I've, I've missed some of it. I catch the uh, headlines as they pop up on my iPhone and uh, Several of my colleagues in the state legislature keep me informed, but I missed the press conference. Okay, well, he basically tried to well, boil no. it down and say that his only sin is two lewd texts that he sent, and he tried to get past all the racism, sexism, basically saying that the only thing he's done is send two lewd texts. Obviously, last night we found out that he sent a couple more texts about young girls and has has done, you know, obviously a little bit more. Can you than hear me, Holly? He says, so I'm wondering, you know, do you think that he's trying to minimize this because he thinks he can get away with that? I steer clear of trying to get inside the mind of Glenn Cassidy. I think it's a dangerous territory and you can probably get lost in there. But, you know, everything that I've seen and now that's hit the news 
is, is certainly concerning to me. And it's not representative of the other people with whom I serve in the state legislature. I don't think he represents our body well. I don't think he represents his district well. And I certainly don't think he represents the state of Tennessee and our values well. And this transcends political lines. And so that's why it is so imperative that he resign from office. Some Republicans have stepped up and called for him to resign. There's been about, I think, like eight or nine so far. The Tennessean wrote an article, John Ray, about the culture of fear in the legislature. Do you agree? Is there a culture of fear? Do you sense that where you are in the legislature that people are afraid to speak out? People are afraid to step up against this guy? Well, I think people in his own party are afraid of him. I think that he, this is a guy who operates from my personal experience based on threats and uh, strategic uh, kind of cornering of, of people within his own party to to collect or expand his power within the Republican caucus. I, I know of no one in my party on my side of the aisle who's afraid of Glenn Cassida. I've shown anything in the last five years. I'm not afraid to stand up and speak out for the issues that I believe in and for what I believe is right and what the people of Nashville uh, expect of me and, and you know and representing my core values and my constituency. So I think if there's a culture of fear, it's what he's tried to uh, put into place within his own party to, to again, surround himself with people, yes men, uh, people who agree with him on issues or will play his game. And, I, and I've been disappointed in some of my colleagues across the aisle who have, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that they're doing or sending texts that he is, but, you know, they've done what's necessary in the interest of self-preservation perhaps to keep their leadership positions or their chairmanships. And it's certainly disappointing to see. Kevin, what I'm hoping to hear from you is the view from Williamson County. And, and especially as a pastor, you know, these are obviously men that hold themselves up as, as God fearing Christian men. And, you know, we're seeing them speak lewdly about women. We're seeing the, the deep sinister racism that is coming out of their offices. Cassida yesterday in a press conference tried to say that once he heard about the racism, he fired Kate Cawthorn. We know that's not true. We know he lied to Phil Valentine. What's the view from Williamson County and Franklin? You've known this guy for a long time, Kevin. Well, a lot of the circles that I run into, they don't really talk much about this kind of stuff, um, but it doesn't mean it's not important. They just uh, have other things that they're worried uh, about. Uh, but personally, I was brought up to believe that the most important uh, characteristic of a leader is integrity. And once that integrity is lost, uh, then you, you can't really um, lead very well. And it's not really about forgiveness. I mean, I'm sure he's asked for forgiveness and all of that. Uh, but once you've crossed a certain line uh, where you can't be trusted anymore, um, then it's hard to continue uh, to be a leader. And for me, all these things just kind of add up uh, to a person who needs to um, I stepped down a little bit and reevaluate his own life and work on his uh, work on his faith, work on his family. And, uh, you know, the 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 race, the racist things that have been going on are extremely troubling. The way that he treats women or what he has said, uh, and even if it was you know, locker room talk, which I don't really like that excuse at all. Um, and then the excuse everybody else is doing it uh, just seems like that a person who's been in leadership that long and who should know better and still keeps falling prey to these different temptations uh, is a person who, who lacks integrity. And, um, and if you don't have integrity, you can't leave. Well, I think that's really well said. I want to read some comments from the people that are watching right now and everybody feel free to share this broadcast. Mark Poole says, thanks, John Ray. Thanks, Justin. Ralph Comer 
in Williamson County says, watching from Brentwood, time's up, Mr. Cassida. Uh, Jeff Barbara says, like my representative, Jerome Moon, who we actually saw did email one of his constituents saying to step down. And then Renee Zamora says, after reading through the Cassida timeline on the Tennessee holler this morning, it's obviously there's a, it's obvious there's a pattern of troubling behavior. He needs to go. I just want to talk a little bit about some of the things that he did back in the day that feel like they resonate right now. I don't know if you guys know this, but he, I'm sure John Ray, you probably do. He was party to a lawsuit suing to get Obama's birth certificate when Obama was elected president. He was named the American politician of the year by a white supremacist website in 2015. And obviously in his long meeting with the uh, black caucus yesterday, he didn't convince them that he was the leader Tennessee needs. I guess I would just bluntly ask you guys and, and feel free to not answer this or answer this, but I feel the question needs to be asked. Is he a racist? Well, I think you can only judge a man by his actions. And, you know, I've certainly seen some concerning things and now we've seen some concerning text messages. Uh, but you know, last year when I introduced the resolution to denounce uh, white supremacists and neo-Nazis, uh, that, you know, I introduced that in a committee and a subcommittee in the House of Representatives, and it didn't even get a second motion. Uh, you know, that was certainly concerning to me. Now, he wasn't on that committee, uh, but Glenn prides himself on having his uh, fingers pretty much in everything and pulling all the levers in the House of Representatives. So, you know, whether he controlled that vote uh, and killing that resolution or not, I, I don't have personal knowledge of that. Um, but that type of action and, and behavior is certainly concerning and it should concern everyone across this state because you know we held we hold ourselves to a higher standard or we should and you know he like i said earlier he, he what we have seen from him and the behavior i've witnessed and the things that now most of us are reading in the news are not reflective of tennesseans or our values and that and that's deeply concerning uh, Kevin, what do you what do you think yeah. about the attitude in Williamson County? You're in Williamson County. I ran into some Williamson County Republicans who are on the chamber, old school Republicans here in Williamson County. I don't think they back this guy at all. I think they're ready for him to go. I think they're ready for a change altogether. But I don't know if there's a mechanism for that. But but is that what you're hearing too in the conversations that's, that you're that's having with, with the with the few that I've spoken to about it who actually follow uh, the politics? I was glad to see. Uh, you know, Sam Whitson say what he said. Right. Uh, the interview, the interview in, the, in the Tennessean from Monty Lankford, a, a, a strong Republican supporter, uh, was positive, at least from my perspective. That, and I think um, Monty has talked with with um, Cassidy about these kind of things before in the past, and has tried to mentor him and has tried to steer him in the right direction. And the impression I got, at least from the interview that Monty gave. Uh, was that um, the time's up. He, he's, he's had enough. He's had a chance to uh, correct and work on his um, behavior, and he hasn't. And uh, so I think there is a growing attitude. Now, from, from other people, you know, you don't, you don't really hear a whole lot. Um, and, uh, again, you, you know the area of town that I work in, um, and so I'm not, I'm not out in the, uh, with people who talk politics all day long. Um, and so they're just, you know, well, that's what everybody does. They're not really that concerned with it. But I think the people uh, who are, even the Republicans who are involved in politics, they, they're getting to the place where more where they're wanting to see him uh, just step down. I think it's up to the voters to, you know, decide if he can continue in his role as, as, the, as the senator. But as far as the Speaker of the House, 
I think that uh, I think we can call for that and ask him to step down from that. John Ray, what, what Pastor Riggs is talking about, he, he works in Franklin in the part of Franklin that people kind of don't pay attention to quite often, which is still impoverished. It's right next to beautiful downtown Franklin, but it's yeah. this area in Franklin. It's called the hard, hard bargain. A part of it's called hard bargain. And, you know, there's people that are still really struggling and prices are going up and it's getting harder and harder to live there. Tell us a little bit about your mayoral race right now and, and the issues that have come to the forefront. I know that, you know, you've taken some pretty strong stances, especially with the community oversight board uh, for communities that are overlooked. Tell us about what's going on in your race and, and how you're getting involved in those issues. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. I mean, you know, it's uh, appreciate the work the pastor does in the community. You know, that's we have serious issues across Nashville. We have a real instance in this city where we're experiencing unprecedented prosperity, but too many families are being left behind. We're seeing displacement across the entire county of, of the lack of affordable housing in the city. The city's becoming too inaccessible uh, for too many. Uh, you know, congregates are having to move further away from their churches. Grandparents are having to move further away from their grandchildren. Workers are having to move further away from their jobs. The affordable housing crisis uh, in this city is real. And, you know, we're really, it's really a microcosm of what we're seeing really across the country with this increasingly uh, widening uh, wage gap between, you know, the upper class and then everyone else and the evaporating middle class. It's a, it's a, it's a serious issue here in Nashville uh, where, you know, some people in this town are making a lot of money, but that money's not being distributed equitably across the community and really helping those who are struggling every single day, uh, whether it's to put food on the table, whether it's to pay for transportation, clothing, uh, it's, it's a serious issue. So we're really taking a, a hard look at those issues and all the challenges facing Nashville families, many of which I've been working on in the state legislature. Before. All right. Well, thank you for doing that. I'm going to do one thing real quick while this is happening. Let's see if this works this time. I'm trying to bring Holly McCall in. She's there. Holly, do you hear us? Holly, are you there? Do you hear us? Nope. All right. I didn't think that was going to work, but I figured I'd give it a shot. <laughs> I know. It's definitely not okay what she's doing right now. So we're going to get her out of there. Get her out of there. All right. No, no more of that. Uh, <laughs> we're going to get Holly hurt trying to get involved in this broadcast. Uh, all right, so let's bring it back to God real quick, Pastor Riggs. All right. uh, what what is the what is the scripture that's appropriate for what we're seeing out of you know if you were if you were looking Cassida in the eye and you wanted to tell him to work on himself, where would you tell him to look in the good book? Well, really, I thought about that this morning, and, and I was thinking of the story of, of David when he was caught in immorality, and the prophet Nathan confronted him with it, and um, and confronted him pretty hard. And uh, and then as a result of that, he listened to the prophet and then he wrote uh, Psalm 51, which is just a wonderful psalm of confession. And I would challenge if, if I was his pastor, I would say, look, let's go to Psalm 51 and let's look at this and let's meditate on it and let's read about it and let's confess. Uh, let's confess our sins. I know he's already done that and he doesn't have to do it to me, uh, but he says that he's done that. But then as you go through that psalm, it talks about some of, you know, that. Um, now that you have done that, now let's bring praise to God. Let's bring honor to God. Let's bring glory to God. And I think he can do that through policies, at least in his position. Um, but I think uh, a good time meditating on Psalm 51 uh, would serve all of us well, but especially uh, Cassidy right now. 
Well, I think that makes a lot of sense. And then he dropped out right as he said that, which was, it was kind of a mic drop moment for him. John, thank you for bearing with me as all of these technical difficulties happen. Uh, Pastor Riggs, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I, I will certainly look for that Psalm. Psalm 51 is what you were pointing to. Uh, John Ray, Democrats, I think, tend to have a problem speaking to people of faith. We get told all the time that Republicans are the party of faith and, and, and Democrats aren't. What do you think Democrats can do to pick up that conversation? I feel like in this state, especially where it's the number one uh, highest percentage of evangelicals in the whole country, which Republicans win by over 50 points and lose everybody else by over 30 points. How do Democrats pick up the mantle and say, we are also a party of faith. Our message is the message of the Bible in a lot of ways, a lot more than theirs is. How do we have that conversation? Well, I think we continue doing what we're doing. We're legislating with faith and, and doing as we're taught and as we learned in the church growing up to treat our neighbors like our brothers and that everyone is equal in his sight. You know, we treat people like that and we legislate like that. And I think we just need to continue doing what we're doing. At some point, people will begin to realize, hopefully, um, that the propaganda being fed to them is, is not reality. Uh, that is not how the legislature is, is operating. And that the people who are really representing their interests and the things that we've learned growing up in our churches uh, are being reflected in the policies that we're proposing and advocating. Well, I think that's that's true. And especially when it comes to Medicaid expansion, you know, that's one where it's really tough to understand how somebody can keep essentially a program that the state wouldn't have to pay for from helping 300,000 Tennesseans. I see that we're getting trolled by some Republicans in our comments right now. I just want to welcome them and uh, introduce you to JohnRayClemens.com as his mayoral campaign. And this is Pastor Riggs right here. If you guys have anything to say, I see that they're saying taxation is theft. Uh, we can have a longer conversation about that. But right now we're talking about the Republican Speaker of the House who has abided racism, child sex abusers. Uh, that's another one that we haven't brought up, but that Phil Williams. I mean, by the way, remind me never to mess with Phil Williams because that guy is a, a monster. Uh, <clears throat> he had a piece last night about how our taxpayer dollars were used to fund attacks against child sex abuse victims to keep David Byrd in office, something that I think is pretty unconscionable. And since these guys that are trolling our comments right now are against taxes, I would imagine they weren't fans of that either. Uh, John Ray or Kevin, either one, how did you feel about that report last night that showed that basically our taxpayer dollars have kept David Byrd in office? Did you see that? Yeah, I read that. And again, that's, that's all of that is troubling um, that he, and then he's got the taxpayer money that has another hitman basically. Um, uh, that may be a bad choice of words, but Look, you know, he's there to, to dig up stuff uh, on on um, his opponents. And uh, that was, that's taxpayer money uh, as well. When it comes to policies, if I can just back up a little bit. I'm sure. You know, I mean, I I grew up conservative. Um, you know, my my view of the scriptures is still a conservative. My view of things in society has gotten a little more progressive over the years. Uh, but I keep going back to Jesus' story of the, the sheep and the goats in Matthew chapter 25. Well, really, it's the only time in script in, in the New Testament where Jesus really makes a difference. And basically, he says, if you do this, you are a part of me. If you do this, you are not part of me. And then if you read that story in Matthew 25, the things that he lists are things that can be carried out through, through social policy. We can do it in our individual life. But if I'm, a, if I'm a, a Christian and a politician, then I need to be pushing for these things that look out for the poor, 
uh, that feed the hungry, that clothe the naked, uh, that house the people who are homeless, uh, that visit the prisoner. And so, um, you know, prison reform um, that uh, cares for the sick. Um, so you have health care. And so in that one passage of scripture, Jesus himself talks about all these issues. Uh, and he says that that that's what as followers of Jesus, that's what we're going to be held accountable to. How have we treated uh, the people that he ends that story by saying the people who are the least of these. Even in that passage, he talks about welcoming the immigrant. And so immigration is even in there. So all these social policies that are facing us today, Jesus addresses in that one story uh, in Matthew chapter 25. and says, if you do it one way, then you're a sheep, meaning that you're part of Christ. If you do it another way, you're a goat, meaning that you're not part of Christ. And then the end result has eternity is at stake, the way Jesus wraps up that story. If you do this, you have eternal life. If you don't do this, well then, apart from me, I never knew you um, into eternal torment from that. And it all has to do really with how we treat one another, which is why he said the greatest commandment is to love, uh, to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and then to love your neighbor as yourself uh, from that. And so it's all right there in scripture. And as a follower, as a follower of Christ, that should be where I look to, even when it comes to setting policy, that should be a, where I look to. How can the policies that I'm that I have or that I'm trying to get through, how can they best represent uh, love, love for other people, caring for the people who are the ones who are struggling? I think that's really well said. John, do you have anything to add to that? I mean, you know, <clears throat> what I find just as an aside and then I'll let John weigh in. Uh, I've had conversations recently with people who have changed their minds about things recently, but only when it affects people that they know and love that when these issues come home to roost, it's never when the stranger is being affected. It's only when the people that they know are affected. So I think the challenge and, and the word empathy comes up all the time. The challenge is to make people have empathy for those that they're not in touch with on a daily basis. How do we get to that point? And John, feel free to weigh in on any or all of this. Yeah, I think empathy is the key thing. And, and so often I feel like that is just my personal opinion, that that's a big difference in the two political parties uh, from my from my experience in the legislature and, and working in government uh, throughout during my life. Um, you know, that empathy is, a, is an interesting and important component to the way we approach policy. And I think you're right. You know, I, I have seen votes change or members change their votes when confronted with a personal story or when they have an instance of someone in their family who's been affected with something, whether it be a healthcare need, uh, whether it be LGBTQ rights, uh, any number of things, you know, they take a hard line, but once they meet from someone personally who's advocating uh, or they have a family member, I have seen that have a direct impact. And it's unfortunate that it requires that um, but again, it shows the importance for citizens to take an active role in their government and advocate on their own behalf. And don't just believe everything that you hear on TV or the news necessarily, uh, but to take an interest in government, follow along, see what people are really doing. Are they really doing what they're saying? Are they representing your values? Those are key components uh, that if, if voters really took the time or were able to do that, I think we would see a real sea change in Tennessee government. I think we'd see more equity across the party lines, representation lines. I think that's really well said. Kevin, you look like you wanted to add something. No, no, I was just listening. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that's that's really well said. I think people need to stay involved and get involved. JohnRayClemens.com 
is your website, the mayor's race. What are the next landmarks coming up? What are the the, time, the timing of it all? I think it's in August, right? So election day is August 1st. Again, everybody watching, I appreciate your support of our campaign. <laughs> Uh, if you don't ask for people's vote, I guess they'll never vote for you. So I, I'd like to ask for that. But, you know, johnrayclements.com is our website. And August 1st is Election Day. And we have, uh, you know, we've got about 80 days left or just about before Election Day. We've been going at it full speed since January 2nd. But now I'm out of the state legislative session. Uh, we're, we're going full time. And we started this morning campaigning at 530 a.m. We do that pretty much every day all over the city. Nashville is a big town. Uh, so we're getting out there and building an incredible grassroots momentum and really mobilizing at this point. And run, you know, it's running against an incumbent who has uh, fundraising advantages and, and running against uh, personal wealth is difficult. But we're building a campaign built from the grassroots up. And I think we're going to see real, real desire for change this year because the status quo is unacceptable. I think that's well said. Reese Chisholm, I'm reading some comments now, John Ray. Reese Chisholm says there's a direct correlation between diminishing empathy and compassion and increasing power and wealth. Be the change. John Ray, I got no offense, but I'm very happy that you guys are not in session anymore. I think most of this state is happy that you guys are a three-month situation and not year-round because I don't I don't know if I could handle that. I need about nine months to get ready for, for what, what just happened to come around again. Uh, Kevin, yeah. you mentioned that you got, you're working on, I just, before we get out of here, I just want to mention that you are involved in bringing a homeless shelter to Franklin. Tell us a little bit about that and what's going on there. Yeah. For the past several years, our church has been involved in housing, uh, emergency housing during cold months. Uh, we run an emergency shelter and, um, and that's been going on for a few years and I've been screaming, we need a, we need a shelter 24, seven, 365 for years. Uh, well, back in February, uh, the Tennessean did an article about us, and um, that just it hit a chord or something. And so, in the last um, three months, we have a we have a, a new nonprofit that we're forming, Williamson County Homeless Alliance. Uh, we, our email list is just getting bigger and bigger, where we keep people up to date. We had a community meeting about the need for a homeless shelter, and uh, over 150 people showed up uh, for that meeting to to want to support and want to. Um, uh, get behind this and so as a result of that we do have an emergency shelter now it'll open up in uh august 1 it'll be the first time we've tried to do emergency shelter during the heat and um, we've entered into a, an agreement with franklin first united methodist church where they're going to open up their um uh, their church to us uh, when the temperature gets above 90 or below 32 we'll provide emergency shelter for the people in franklin who are experiencing homelessness and then the alliance is working toward having a, uh, a full-time a shelter and uh, we're working on the business plan right now that because some people who could be key donors have asked to see some stuff in print about what is it that we're wanting to do and so I'm optimistic that in the next year and a half to two years Franklin will have a, um, a homeless shelter to take care of you know we're the wealthiest county in Tennessee but yet we have people who are struggling and right now there's, there's nowhere for them to go and uh, to see that addressed um, is, is really really exciting I've been overwhelmed with the support that has come out for a homeless shelter over the last three months. It's really been overwhelming to Is the city of Franklin helping at all? Well, one of the aldermen is on our alliance, and, um, and so we're able to connect to the city uh, through that particular alderman. And I know the people in the city know what we're doing, and we do our best to try to keep them informed, but I haven't got a, you know, a stamp of approval from, uh, from the mayors or anything like that. They haven't stood in the way, but they haven't endorsed either. So we're hoping 
I think they're just kind of waiting to see what our next step is. And then, you know, eventually we'll have to go to the city uh, to get approval of things. And so I'm hoping uh, they will. Um, um, I'm hoping they'll get behind it. Well, Renee Presley Zamora says, I'm not religious, but good work, Pastor Riggs. And then we have some people that are commenting in the comment section saying that government is violence, but they want to know where they can donate to your capital private shelter, Pastor Riggs. So if you want to give them a place to donate to your private shelter, I'm happy to put that on the screen right now as we're talking. And then I'd also like to offer to the trolls in the in the comment section, I see a lot of your comments and I'm happy to do another one of these and address them you know, one-on-one -on -one with you guys. I don't want to drag these guys through it right here, but I definitely think we all need to be talking more. And I'm certainly open to having a conversation with people that disagree with me. Lord knows I did that for the last 16 months when I ran for Congress here. So we're not afraid of the conversation. Let's have it. Let's just not call people hoes. Like I see you doing in the, uh, the Facebook comment. Hey, Justin, I told you, I have to leave. I have to yeah. step out of this, but if I can say a couple of things, I want to change sure. the subject, but if I can say a couple of things, one, if people are interested in giving, they can go to our church website, franklincommunitychurch.org, and you'll see the giving tab. And it gets a little confusing, but under the giving tab, go to Franklin, you'll see Franklin Community Church, and then if you pull the tab down, it'll say Franklin Community Development. And if they give to Franklin Community Development, it'll be used uh, toward uh, the emergency shelter and then toward the, the permanent shelter. And okay. that way it's tax deductible. We haven't got our 501c3 yet for the uh, homeless alliance yet that's in process um and so but right now people want to give they give the franklin community development but you got to go through our church website to get to it and if i can just say one more thing before i leave um you know i think you and i have talked i i, I go to um uh unit two at riverbend which is uh, death row uh, most every friday and have conversations with the guys there and we have an execution scheduled uh this thursday uh, Don Johnson's his name. His story's been in Tennessee, and it's a wonderful story of forgiveness and transformation. And while we were on live, I had a, a pop-up screen across my computer uh, that said Governor Lee is still considering uh, the clemency. And so he's got, you know, until Thursday to do that. And so if you haven't reached out to the governor yet, uh, reach out to the governor's office and ask for clemency uh, for uh, Don Johnson and ask that the execution be stopped. Um, and they would not follow through with that. And he's the first of what would be three executions scheduled uh, this year in the state of Tennessee. Can you give us a quick summary of his situation? Well, he, he's been on death row now for um, 30 years. Um, he was accused of, of murdering his wife, and he, he has admitted to that, but he has sought forgiveness. And um, within, within prison, uh, he has become an elder in his church, a uh, Seventh-day Adventist, and so he's a leader. We actually have a church on death row where we ordain one of the one of the inmates as our pastor, and uh, and Don is is the elder of that church uh, as well, and so he's a leader in the church. Um, no one is saying he should be set free. Clemency just simply means uh, that he would go to general population and and uh, spend the rest of his life uh, still incarcerated. Uh, but he but every human being has value and dignity, and he has value and dignity. And his execution really won't won't change anything, whereas um, his clemency would allow him to to really keep ministering and help other men who are who are in prison. Well, Anthony McCright says you can't be pro life and pro death penalty, and I know a lot of people would agree with that. Uh, Pastor Riggs, thank you for your work, John Ray. I want to thank let you, you say your final words before you get out of here too, and I'm gonna let you guys go. I appreciate you both doing this. Maybe we can bring you back on down the line. And thanks for dealing with all the technical issues. John Ray, tell the people where they can find you and how they can help. 
Yeah, first of all, I just want to thank Pastor Riggs for doing the work and having a direct impact on the community and, and those people who, who truly need a helping hand. And at the end of the day, you know, that's the big thing is if we can try to help our neighbors, I think that will make a tremendous impact across the community. And it has a ripple effect that benefits everyone. Uh, it, I'm running for mayor this year because we have a lot of people here in Nashville who are struggling, like we talked about earlier. My website's johnrayclemens.com, and I uh, appreciate everybody's support. And, uh, and Justin, thank you for doing uh, what you're doing. This Tennessee Holler has really made a big difference, and, and it's helping to further the discussion, which is much needed. You know, we, people yelling at each other never benefits anyone, but having a thoughtful conversation and shedding light on a lot of issues and, and having ongoing correspondence and communication and educating people out there uh, is, is really important. So thank you for what you're doing. And I know you've got others who are working with you. And I, I think it's it's doing a good job. And we really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And uh, I value your your opinion and input. And, and so I appreciate the kind words. You can find us at tnholler.com. We're at the tnholler on Twitter. This is at JR Clemens on Twitter. And go on, check him out, follow him, donate. Good luck in the race, John Ray and keep in touch, and, and we'll be watching. I appreciate it, and I'd be remiss if I didn't point everybody to our uh, Clemens for Mayor social media. <laughs> everybody needs to follow at Clemens for Mayor, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again, Justin. All right, thanks, John Ray. Take care. This will be on iTunes and Spotify as a podcast, also the audio version. Thanks, everybody.